don't want to be strong like men who look pretty. I want to be strong like bitch that fight bears in the forest. Welcome back to another episode of Bitch vs. Bear with your hosts, me, Amber, and my bestie, Sydney. Woohoo! We are co-owners of Shield Maiden Training Co. And this is a show where we bitch, laugh, and chat about all things fitness and wellness related to women and the LGBTQIA plus community. That is correct. It is. Yes. I'm very excited for this episode, Amber. It's a very special episode. It is a very special episode. So this Why is, is it so special, Sydney? Because this is a blind reaction, Amber. <laughs> she has not prepped. She has, has not, not read, read anything. She does not know what we... She knows generally what we will be discussing because it's in the, the title. And she knows the title of the episode. So this is going to be hysterical, I think. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Let's do it. Internal furnace. No. Immediately don't love this. Ovarian retirement. Oh. Baby factory closed. Oh, I do like that. Night crawlers. What? Second spring. The change. Are we becoming vampires? Like, what is happening? <laughs> right? Okay, so based on just that, no contextual information, what do you think we're talking about? Something real sketchy. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be a part of. The ones, I, I tried to put them in, like, kind of, like, order where I thought they were hysterical. So, like, I really enjoyed second spring. Like, what does that even mean? Right? I'm really confused knowing what this episode is supposed to be about. I'm very confused about Nightcrawlers. <laughs> okay, so if you didn't catch on, those are all euphemisms for menopause. And so... I still don't understand Nightcrawlers. I need someone to explain it. Please leave a comment if you think you know what Nightcrawlers is a euphemism for. Maybe... <laughs> Well, because we'll get into this, okay. but I think it has to do with the fact that a lot of people start to have um, sleep issues ah, when menopause okay. starts. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So despite this being a biological process experienced by, you know, roughly half the population, the whole conversation around menopause is dominated by euphemisms. Hmm. And... It's Sounds important. Like menstruation. Yeah, right? So, exactly. We can tie that back in. Great. The M's. The Great. scary M&M's. That's not how I want my M&M's to be. Sometimes they're filled with peanuts. So, these euphemisms do really little to help people understand the challenges and health effects of menopause on women. And so, like, I think, like, nightcrawlers... It, it like, just makes me more confused. Yeah, right? It doesn't... It's just confusing. Okay. So here's a little, just some factoids. Right. Menopause is a transition that most often begins between the ages of 45 and 55. Mm -hmm. Menopause means that periods have ended and that women, that a woman has no menstrual cycle for a full 12 months. Love that. You're not going to love the rest of the things. I see my purple segment coming up. Yeah. Okay. So, Amber, this is blind reactions to the things she is reading and okay. learning about menopause. All right. Here we go. I'm so excited. Um, okay. <clears throat> so, perimenopause is the transition time. Many experience perimenopause in their 40s, but some start to notice changes as early as their mid-30s. Well, that's stupid. 
the level of estrogen rises and falls unevenly during perimenopause, making menstrual strength, menstrual cycles lengthen or shorten. During many during perimenopause, menopausal-like symptoms such as hot flashes, sleep problems, and vaginal dryness may be experienced. Well, that's stupid. If you already have to deal with this during menopause, why are we dealing with it? Ten years before. I I already love this episode. I already hate this. I hate this so much. I can't wait for you to read the next slide. Oh, okay. Here we go. Oh, oh! I just glanced ahead. Okay. During this transition, which can last an average of seven years, but up to 14 for some, our bodies go through changes, some subtle and some not so much. Yeah. So if you, if we go back up to the top where you were like, oh, I love not having a period for a full 12 months. The process in getting to that <laughs> stage is lengthy and not full of fun. Yeah, I, I can already tell. I don't I don't want to read any further. Um, okay, here we go. Hot flashes and sleep problems. Uh, hot flashes are common. Heard of the euphemisms. I think we all kind of know that hot flashes are indicative of menopause. It's a pretty common thing we hear about. Uh, the length, frequency, and intensity vary. These can last for many years after menopause. Yeah. Oh, just Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in, give Amber a break to digest some of the information she just had to take in. So during perimenopause, irregular periods, we know that that is another kind of sign. That's probably mm -hmm. one of the signs, coupled with hot flashes, that people are most aware of. Mm -hmm. So ovulation becomes more unpredictable. The length of time between periods may longer or become shorter. And the flow may vary from light to heavy or heavy to light, depending. And uh, a good sign is if you go 60 days or more between periods, you may be in kind of like those late stage perimenopausal. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So they're going to start to really start to spread out, but you could still get some periods in there. Because remember, Menopause doesn't start until you actually don't have a period for a full 12 months. That's when menopause starts. So everything up to that point. So if you're still having one a year. You're, you're still in perimenopause. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Yep. What's the next issue? The next issue is <laughs> vaginal and bladder issues. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. So this is the one that I think probably women know like if if you have close friends who have gone through is discussed but this is not a, necessarily a widely discussed topic um so as estrogen levels diminish vaginal tissue may lose lubrication and elasticity making sex painful ah. sad face no and no then that yeah right Low estrogen may also leave us more vulnerable to urinary or vaginal infections, and loss of tissue tone may contribute to urinary incontinence. The fuck? Which is also even more prevalent if you've had children. Mm, that makes sense. Yep. So not only do we have to worry about our muscles and our weight, but now we're also losing tissue tone? Yeah. I don't like it. Mm. Okay. You highlighted some more for me here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So another issue, which I recognize this one because we've talked about this before this month, uh, loss of bone density. 
With declining estrogen levels, bone density is lost more quickly than it can be replenished, increasing the risk of osteoporosis. So that's fun. Yep. And so this goes kind of, you know, we're we're very cyclical, which mm-hmm. means like you have to start ahead of time to really make sure you have a lot of bone density because if you pick it up too late, if you're like, oh, I'm already in perimenopause and I'm losing this and you're trying to make those adjustments... You you can't yeah you can't replenish it. I mean it'll help obviously like any little bit helps but starting you know when you're in your early thirties can give you kind of like a leg up. Great great yeah okay. All right so this one I think uh, a lot of us might be familiar with weight gain. So that's fun. Hormone hormonal changes make it more likely to gain weight, especially around the abdomen. It's common for weight gain to start a few years before menopause at the rate of one and a half pounds a year and can often often continue through the menopausal change. Well, that's stupid. So not only. You just, you're starting to see all the compounding things, right? Like the pyramid is building. Well, I mean, I guess it's fine. Like we're all gaining weight, but sex sucks anyways. So like, whatever. It's not like we want to do that. This one I found really interesting because it wasn't something that I was familiar with. Um, okay. There, Some people do experience exercise intolerance. Hmm. So there can be an increase in exercise intolerance in menopausal women. So exercise intolerance is characterized by reaching an early fatigue threshold that is not expected from an individual's capacity. So huh. you start to, coupled with hot flashes, like overheat, your mm-hmm. f- your capacity is just really, really diminished. Um, so symptoms can include generalized pain, fatigue, or weakness. So things that you, you know, hmm. once you start, you're like, wow, I've been working out consistently, but all of a sudden now, like, I can't, I can't lift what I used to be able to lift. Mm-hmm. Not even like, I mean, in a relatively short period of time. So it's not yeah. like, oh, I took a year off and now I'm right. diminished. It's like, oh, I, I get heated really quickly or you know my lung capacity isn't what it used to be or i'm just generally like i feel a lot of pain all over like you can't Mm. it's just a little bit it's interesting all of that the caveat to this is evidence suggests that regular exercise exercise and a balanced iron are crucial during perimenopause and menopause so despite the fact that you might develop exercise intolerance you You kind of do it you you just have to do it that sucks. I don't like this episode. I had a feeling. Um, to really go back and listen to the two previous episodes and do the things that we talked about, we've been talking about regularly, because it will help if you are thinking that you might be starting perimenopause. If you're menopausal, all of these things will m- help. They're not going to cure menopause. Menopause isn't like, it's it's not one of those things. Yeah. You just got to get through it. You just have to get through it. So, you know, drinking water, eating dark leafy greens, going for walks, strength training and sleeping are going to be the things to help mitigate symptoms as best as possible. Great. Yeah. And I know you're looking at me because this is something I might be dealing with. (laughs) 
I'm looking at you because there are some things, there were some strong correlations. <laughs> I'm not saying that there's yet a causation. I'm just saying there might be some strong correlations. And I have no way to tell because exactly with my IUD, I don't get periods. So we might just <laughs> need to operate on the assumption of yes and see what happens if we do all the things. I'm speaking about the royal we. The royal we. <laughs> I'm going to do all these things already, but I... I you already do all these things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have another section here. Let's see. Research indicates that women who engage in regular exercise during peri and menopause benefit by maintaining a healthy weight, bone density levels, and good mental health. While some research suggests medicinal intervention or treatment may be beneficial in treating Predominant symptoms, exercise works simultaneously on various aspects of your health. Which makes sense. Yeah. So, like, you you might get a pill that helps reduce your hot flashes, but it may, you know, I don't know. I, all I could think of was, like, what is it called? Restless leg syndrome. It's like, oh, no, I developed restless leg syndrome. Like, I think this is a more holistic approach. Yeah. and we it's not something we can avoid right so i think it's better to embrace the strategies to mitigate as much of the kind of like overall things rather than focus on like okay yeah this symptom is the one that's predominant and it bothers me but i think like it's just a better way to approach how to deal with something that we can't avoid yeah and i mean i think I think we know, obviously you and I know, and people who listen to us, we've said this uh, and they should know, um, you know, that doing these things, exercise, healthy diets, plenty of water, good rest and sleep, like that's just good for you, period. Yeah. Um, Regardless of whether you're in perimenopause or menopause or acid or staring down that that sad road of what's to come internal furnace (laughs) the night crawlers i don't like it i don't like like, these euphemisms one thing i didn't put in here um that i i wish i had and we, we can just talk about it is the prevalence of depression so one of the things is like the rate of depression does increase in perimenopausal and menopausal women makes sense yeah i mean there's a lot of things going on with your body. Yeah. It's like our bodies, women's bodies are designed to undergo significant changes from childbirth and menstrual cycles and menopause. But that doesn't negate like what that does to our mind. Right. Like our body is designed for it, but we have to be aware of like how is that impacting our mental health and our and those things. Mm-hmm. So we know that depression, you you can obviously get medicated for, and if that's something that you need to do, absolutely take care yep. of your mental health. If you, especially if you see yourself developing those symptoms, and you're, but you've been working out regularly, you're doing all the things you know you should be doing. Mm-hmm. That's a clear indicator of like, okay, maybe I should go see somebody yep. for this, because yeah, we can say, hey, you know what, these things improve your mental health. But if you're doing all the right things and your mental health is declining. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much that these things can do, right? Like they can help. Yeah. For sure. But they're not going to cure 
Exactly. Um, so definitely, as always, talk to talk to the professionals. Talk to who actually have degrees with these things. Yes. And not just us who do some Google research. In-depth research. You but do still. in-depth research. Um, okay. I have one last purple line. You do. It's a little caveat. It's, it's a caveat. Okay. Uh-huh. The role of exercise in hot flashes remains inconclusive. <laughs> and I wanted to right. put, okay. I wanted to put that in there because a lot of people, that is the, the thing that bothers them the most for women. Um, usually because hot flashes, they, they can occur at any time. But a lot of times they occur at very inopportune times, mm. such as when you are trying to sleep. Ah, so yes. like they will wake you up from, from sleep. Well, that's awful. Yeah. So I thought it would be important of like, yes, it's important for you to exercise because it helps with a bunch of other things. But if you're hoping to cure your hot flashes through exercise, I don't... I, yeah. The, like, it's not the data around of, that. Yeah. It's not going to get rid of any of your major symptoms but it might help you yeah get through it exactly okay got it got it okay so we kind of went over through this like deciding on how to treat symptoms during perimenopause and menopause can be complicated and really personal mm-hmm. lifestyle modifications exercise and a comprehensive health program can be an integral part of your strategy makes sense yeah you're probably going to have to do a multitude of things during this time. Great. Yeah. So, Amber. Yes. What did you learn from this episode? I learned that being a woman sucks. I would really not like to continue aging right now. Look at staring down. I don't have a lot to look forward to. Staring down the barrel of the what is it? The Ovarian Second spring. <laughs> Change. I think I'd rather be a vampire. <laughs> this is not the change I want. Change. Throw me in the cauldron. No. Well, there you go. Okay. Oh. So there's still a lot to learn about menopause <laughs> and women's health. Because hopefully the research it. will continue to continue on you know, women's health related issues in mm-hmm. more detail as we've learned that the progress is starting, but we have a long way to go. Yeah. And it's amazing we know this much. Right. It really is. Men don't experience it, so it doesn't get researched. Yeah. Yeah. That's a wrap on this week's episode. Oh, thank God. I love doing blind episodes for Amber, who learned she. <laughs> And that symptom, and that symptom, and oh shit! I mean, had an inkling that's where we've had a lot of behind the scenes talks about some of the the things Amber is experiencing. And then when I was researching this topic, I was like, oh shit! And I mean, I, I, I mean, to be fair and realistic, I had a feeling that it was getting very close to hearing many pause if it hasn't started already because it does i don't know if you found anything about biology in your research but and i don't know if it's true or not but it it seems to run early in my family for the women in my family so that is an expectation but now you now you know some mitigation strategies you're welcome 